You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand ghost of a chance? Welcome to... From the Bleachers, I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, the deputy sports editor of phillyvoice.com, coming at you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation radio podcast now. Recording this early Sunday afternoon, a little relaxing day, a little muggy day in Philadelphia, but the Eagles finished up their preseason last night, getting slaughtered by the Miami Dolphins by a score of 48 to 10, but I'm not worried about that preseason game right now. I want to roll back the clock a little. Today I was checking Facebook. I don't really use Facebook. I do it to just kind of keep up on family, friends, stuff like that. See if any of my friends have a birthday, I'll text them rather than just writing on their Facebook wall like it's 2013 or something like that. But I got the, you know, Facebook memory flashback thing, whatever you want to call it. And I saw that 10 years ago this week, I moved into college as a college freshman at the University of Pennsylvania. So 10 years ago this week, Moved into college. What a difference a decade makes. And that's, that's true of everyone. But when you're looking at the perspective of I graduated high school 10 years ago this year. I entered college 10 years ago, a couple of days from now. I think it was August 31st. And I reflect on how much I've changed in my life. Then, and that's obvious. And again, it goes for everyone else. But given this podcast and my job, I want to look at how the Eagles have changed over the last 10 years. Roll things back to 2012. Let's do it right now. 2011, maybe the most disappointing Eagles season of my lifetime. The dream team, the infamous dream team. Vince Young, why did you ever open your mouth? Namdi Asimov, Jason Bapp, and all these guys out there. Hellacious season, they go 4-8, and eight, end up going 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, it's BS, that background. Oh, they finished strong, they'll do good next year. Yeah, next year they went 4-12. and 12. Last year of the Andy Reid era. Going into that season, I didn't really know how to feel. It was actually the first season that I had actual season tickets for. So I went to all the home games that year. A horrific year to have that feat. First Eagles game I go to as a season ticket holder member, they beat the Ravens. And they start 3-1, and one, and I'm thinking, this could be a good team. I'm thinking back to where I was then. Again, moving my freshman dorm up there in University City. Have a nice roommate from... San Francisco area, 49ers fan, had different people in my hall interacting with. Across the way, there was an Eagles fan from Scranton, Sean Foley. Shout out to him. You know, had posters on my wall, the whole nine yards. Nice Bruce Springsteen, Darkness on the Edge of Town poster, a Chase Elliott poster. And this one kid comes in down the hall. I think his name was Matt. And he's like, oh, I hate those posters. And I was like, who the hell are you, bro? He's like, oh, I'm a Mets fan. And like Led Zeppelin's my favorite band. I was like, scram, Bozo. Get, get the hell out of here. And I think back again, we're just going retrospective mode today, this little lull between the end of the preseason, the start of the Eagle season on September 11th, two Sundays from now. 
And week three for the Birds, that is when the Eagles retired my favorite Eagles player ever, Ryan Dawkins' number. Had my Dawkins jersey on. It was a Sunday night football game. Had a nice tailgate going, one of the first big tailgates for the Eagles I went to. Go inside. Eagles went on, I think, a walk-off field goal. Walk-off field goal. Buzzer beater. Game-winning field goal at the last second. And I go back home, um, you know, stuttering, you know, walking to my dorm. And I walk past that kid's room, and I see him in there in his little Giants T-shirt. And I scream at him before I fall asleep in my dorm. Had a couple in me. <laughs> Things have changed. Now I have to be professional sports writer. Go to the games. Tell me 10 years ago, being an idiot up in the top section of the link, that I'd be going to the game as a media member. Wouldn't have believed you. But for the on-the-field stuff, Michael Vick starts that season as the Eagles quarterback. Gets hurt, unsurprisingly, for a player that has his injury-prone history and his play style. But I think the most important thing that year was in week 10, week 10 that year, November 18th, 2012, Eagles stunk. They went down to Washington and played against a first-round rookie quarterback, the second overall pick, Robert Griffin III, who after that day, I assume was going to terrorize the Eagles for the next 15 years, look like the next great, great quarterback in this league. The Eagles lose 31 to 6 in Landover, Maryland. Who did the start of the quarterback that game for the Eagles? Do you know? It was a rookie, a third round rookie, making his first ever NFL start. He went to Michigan State, had some playing time issues there. Kirk Cousins was there ends up transferring to the University of Arizona. His name, Nick Foles. Nick Foles' first ever start as an NFL quarterback came 10 years ago this season. He goes 21 for 46, 204 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks, and an abysmal quarterback rating of 40.5. Now that game was RG3 versus Nick Foles. If you gave me odds on which of those two guys within the next five, six years, would win Super Bowl MVP, I'm picking RG3 101 times out of 100. And that's crazy how things can change that fast in the NFL. Just a couple of years later, Kirk Cousins is the starting quarterback for them. Nick Foles is in St. Louis, then he's almost out of the league, and then he comes back to Philadelphia, and you know what happens there. Also some people starting on that Eagles team that day. Left tackle, King Dunlap. Now, that's a name. That's an elite, elite, remember some guy's name. Just, just BSing around with your friends. Oh, remember King Dunlap? Yeah, I wish I didn't. Also, starting at quarterback, the infamous, the terrible, the, I would say, kind of a loser. Namdi Asuma, a quarterback, in what was his last season in Philadelphia. Played all 16 games in the 2012 season. Chip Kelly comes in in 2013. Uh, he's out of here. Plays, I think, three games for the 49ers that year and retires. I think if you search Nandi's name on Google, it comes up that he's an actor first before a football player. I think back to the way he played in Oakland. And he was like, oh, no one throws the ball to him or any of the things like that. No one throws the ball his way. I think his reputation, obviously, since we saw it in Philadelphia, outweighed his actual talent and skill. Oh, people aren't throwing against him. Do they just think he's better than he is? Because once he came to Philadelphia, he was god-awful, god-awful. Eagles head coach that year, Andy Reid. Andy Reid, who had been the Eagles coach since 1999, the only coach I can remember seeing and watching 
to the Philadelphia Eagles. Guy had a lot of tragedies in his life, some personal issues that year. Uh, in training camp that year in Lehigh, uh, his son had passed away, he had some other family issues. And while I can't speak to the nature of reading his family and what was going on with the Eagles there, again, I'm just, again, freshman in college. Seemed like all of that inevitably and understandably took a huge toll on where he was at as a coach. He was already burning out in Philadelphia. The last season hadn't gone well in 2011. Sky-high expectations came crashing down with that infamous dream team. 2012 gets off to a good start, and the injuries pile up, and everything just goes south, man. And it was inevitable that was his last year in Philadelphia. And people say, like, oh, they should have kept Danny Reed. Look at him in Kansas City. No, they shouldn't. Andy Reed wouldn't have been the same coach he is in Kansas City over the last 10 years. If it wasn't for him leaving Philadelphia, needing to recharge himself, needing to rethink things, get out of that little rut he was in that he had the Eagles in those last couple of years and become a new coach in a way. The, the coach Andy Reed is in Kansas City isn't the coach he was in Philadelphia. And that's not a, you know, a scoldering remark about who he was in Philadelphia. He had great offense, his great scheme, had the Eagles in the most successful era in the history of their, their team. Most, you know, they go to 99-2012, you make, what, five NFC championship appearances, win a, win a, make a Super Bowl, win an NFC one year. But it was time for him to go. And who did the Eagles hire then in the, in the last 10 years? They go from Andy to a guy that felt like a polar opposite in Chip Kelly, this much heralded college guru. You know how that turns out. Then they go to Doug Peterson. And things worked out. While the Rocky, it was Rocky at the end. It was Rocky at the end. And after that 2020 season, I still would have kept Doug Peterson as the head coach. But akin to the way that 2012 felt like the last year for Andy and both parties needed a fresh start. In retrospect, I can say, I understand why they parted with Doug. I think he'll have a lot of success in Jacksonville this year. I'm a bet if I'm a betting man, and I am co-host of the Odds and End Zones podcast. I am taking Jacksonville to win that division this year at plus 750, I believe. 75 to one odds. I like what they have. It's a, it's a terrible division. The Jaguars somehow own the Colts. And I'd love to see a Peterson versus Frank Wright matchup when they're in the same division. The Texans are a mess. And the Titans could be Dan. They could be due for a little bit of a slide. They went 12-5 and five last year, had the first seed in the AFC, had a million injuries, and just felt so fluky. And again, I'm not criticizing the team if, we had this discussion before with it saying the Eagles are a fluky team in 2017. Nick Foles is fluky. That's commendable. That speaks to the nature of the leadership of the team. That speaks to the nature of Mike Vrabel and what a great coach he is in this league. That doesn't necessarily mean they're primed to repeat a 12-win season. I think Doug gets in the playoffs. Good for both parties. That's how things change, akin to what happened with Andy. In the quarterback situation, it was a quarterback carousel. I guess in a way it still is. Michael Vick in 2010, the last year Andy Reid leads a team to the playoffs in Philadelphia. Comes in. Kevin Cobb was supposed to be the next guy up after Donovan McNabb left town. Gets a concussion in week one in Green against Green Bay in Philadelphia. They're, the birds are wearing those 1960 throwback jerseys. The 50th anniversary of the 1960 NFL championship team that beat Vince Lombardi at the iconic Franklin Field that game. Uh, snow, very snowy game, if I believe. Not that I was there or really know anyone who was there. Actually, 
the guys in my season ticket plan, I guess I'm not really in it now, had tickets since Franklin Field, but I think 1960 might have been a little early for them. I don't know if they were there. I have to look that up. Maybe have them on the pod to discuss it. Probably need to give them a couple of brews to get them to agree to it. What else has changed for the birds? I'm saying the quarterback situation. Did you think Kevin Cobb is a guy? No, he's not. Michael Vick looks revitalized and better than a passer than he ever was in 2010. But he's older. I think back, what would have happened if Andy Reid was paired with Michael Vick at the start of their careers? Could have been magic. Could have been Mahomes-esque. Michael Vick isn't long for this city. He leaves, gets hurt, gets hurt again in 2013. And as we know, Nick Foles steps in, second year that year, second year pro quarterback, magical run, 27 touchdowns to two interceptions. 2014 comes. Foles feels like the guy. Eagles start the season strong. They go six and two, but Foles played pretty terrible. And those games, those road games against San Francisco and Arizona that year. I had never been more frustrated with an Eagles quarterback because of how much I had believed in Foles at that point, what I thought his talent was. And we saw what he was capable in 2013, the previous season under Chip Kelly plays really poorly breaks his collarbone. I believe in a game against the Texans in Houston, Mark Sanchez comes in. Mark Sanchez obviously is going to be a franchise quarterback, but I thought that Eagles team was really good with Sanchez in there. They go down to Dallas, beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and they're riding high at 9-3. and three. What happens? They finish 10-6. and six. That offseason, is Nick Foles going to be back? Are they going to sign Sanchez to another contract? Who's the starting quarterback? Sam Bradford. What a trade that was. They traded Nick Foles, future Super Bowl winning quarterback, and a second-round pick. For Sam Bradford. And what I wanted that draft, I wanted Mariota. I would have given everything from Mariota. Fletcher Cox, every pick, uh, the trade-off to the top two, uh, the 2015 NFL draft, doesn't come to fruition. And you might play the what-if game and say, what if the Eagles had kept Foles that year? And I get that, but everything that happened from that 2012 season, you can't change it because of the butterfly effect. And I wouldn't change any of that. Because if not for those highs and lows in 2012, what ins- unfolds during the chip era and what starts in Doug's first two years in Philly, it's not for all of that. It's for, if it's not for the connective tissue of Nick Foles, two coaching regimes ago from when he won a Super Bowl, the Eagles actually don't win that game. If the Eagles in that era, Marty Morningweg scouting Nick Foles, if he doesn't love Nick Foles, if Andy Reid doesn't love Nick Foles, Eagles don't draft him. Doesn't have those starts under his belt. He started six games that year in 2012. Had that great game-winning touchdown pass in Tampa Bay that one game. You thought, this guy's got some moxie to him. Let's bring it back to the college situation here. So I'm a freshman in 2012. Eagles terrible season. I'm going to games, road games. I'm watching my apartment. Enjoying a nice couple cold beverages. Talking ball with the kids on the hall that I live with. There was a kid on my hall. His name was Luke. He's from Arizona. He says to me, and I swear, I'm, I'm not making this up. I, I swear to God. He says, I like Nick Foles. And Nick Foles was a third-round rookie. And I'm like, yeah, I, he's probably not good. He's probably not going to be anything. I was like, I'm telling you, man, he's really talented. I think he can be something in this league. Obviously, some inherent bias there. 
given that he was from Arizona, maybe his parents went to Arizona and they taught there, whatever, had watched the team growing up. He was really confident in Nick Foles. And to be fair, he probably had watched more Nick Foles in his life than I did. At the time, I'm thinking, Nick Foles. Who? What? Little did I know, five and a half years later, he's hosting the Lombardi Trophy. Yoke's on my face. So let's think. Let's write a little timeline. 2012. Ten years ago, Eagles draft Nick Foles. Comes in and starts. Some kid on my hall tells me he's the next guy up. Plays unbelievably in 2013. Crashes back down to earth in 2014. Is terrible in 2015 with the Rams. Almost gets out of football. Retires and becomes a pastor. Andy Reid has to convince him not to retire, to be a backup in Kansas City in 2016. Doesn't know what he's going to do in his future that offseason. Eagles convince him to come back from Philly to be the backup quarterback to the heir apparent. This quarterback carousel, we thought we ended it. Philadelphia thought they ended that carousel after 2016 because Carson Wentz was there going into the 2017 season. He's the franchise guy. He had a successful rookie year. Eagles will make the playoffs, but he flashed not that you think. You thought that guy could be really special in this league. For most of that 2017 season, he lived up to that billing. We know probably would have been the NFL MVP that year if not for that injury in L.A., which I witnessed in person. As we know, Nick Foles comes in, has some good plays, has some bad plays, shaky at the end of the 2017 season, plays okay against Atlanta, kind of bad. Second half of the game gets a little bit better after he throws that ball off Keanu Neal's Knee into Torrey Smith's hands, get that field goal at the end of the first half, cut that lead to 10 to 9, that Falcons lead, come back, win the game. As we know, we know what happens the next two games 38 to 7, 41 to 3. We don't need to necessarily rehash that as much as I do love to rehash that. 2018, start full starts the year. Once comes back when he's healthy, once isn't healthy, maybe he gets a little stealth benched. Foles comes back in, leads the Eagles to another playoff run. They have the Unbelievable moment, the double doing game in Chicago. Such a great, great Eagles memory, even though they didn't win the Super Bowl. And then it leads us to here. Wentz blows up. Can't get rid of Nick Foles' shadow. He's living in his shadow. As much as Wentz's injuries and that ACL tear forced him to change his game, and he couldn't live up to that potential because his mobility was hampered and all those Houdini plays he was making on the run he wasn't able to do that post-injury to say nothing of the mental aspect of it that comes after watching your backup quarterback win the Super Bowl play better than you may have ever been able to play on in the biggest stage in American sports. You had to watch. You were the golden child in Philadelphia. And you had this guy become the most beloved figure in modern Philadelphia sports. Maybe just modern Philadelphia, 21st century Philadelphian, even though he's not from Philadelphia, who's the most beloved guy, beloved person? Nick Foles. And that carries on into the 2019 season when he's gone. Wentz plays the whole year, gets hurt in the playoff game, can't finish the playoff game, plays, I think, what, like four plays? Throws maybe four passes, whatever it was. Plays a quarter at most. I was at that game. Seahawks game. It was an Eagles-Seahawks game, so walking in that stadium, I knew it was a loss, but I was, you know, juicing myself up, burning the ships, whole nine yards with that. Williams gets hurt, and I'm like, 
Uh, I can't be. I can't be in the stadium right now. Halftime, run out the link. Cab waiting right there. Jump in it. You know, go half a mile back to my crib in South Philly. I'm there before the second half even starts, and I just watch the inevitable happen: the Eagles losing the Super Bowl. But because Wentz got hurt, and what the Eagles had known in 2017 and 2018, how integral a backup quarterback could be for this franchise. How important it is when Carson Wentz is your starting quarterback as an injury-prone guy, guy who plays a little reckless. But that was what's great about him because he played that way, but ultimately that hurt him because those injuries piled up. So the Eagles knew they could have a lot of success with this roster if they had a strong backup quarterback and because of Wentz's injury-prone nature. So what do they do? They go in the second round of the 2012 NFL draft. Are they going to draft a safety like Jeremy Trin? Are they going to add receiver talent? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? They shock every Eagles fan out there and draft Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts. I remember watching that, and I felt like, you know, a cartoon character, Foghorn Leghorn, smoke coming out of my head. Like, what did they just do? What did they just do? And much like the full situation, I believe the drafting of Jalen Hurts, who the Eagles probably drafted to be a backup, but they don't use a second-round pick on a backup quarterback if they don't think he has upside to be a starter in this league and win you big games, high-leverage games, the way Foles did in Philadelphia. Wentz, injuries piling up his body, has that huge concussion from that Jadavon Clowney hit in that Seattle game, has the mental anguish of Foles, and now is dealing with Hurts, breathing down his neck, younger players in the locker room gravitating towards him. His play suffers, collapses, has some of the worst quarterback playing I've ever seen in Philadelphia. Ginch Benz, Jalen Hurts comes in, has some nice moments, has some bad moments. Wentz gets traded in the offseason, Jalen Hurts. Maybe the Eagles try to maneuver and get a different quarterback. But Jalen Hurts starts in 2021. Eagles make the playoffs. Not the greatest passing season ever. Was electric as a runner. They come back this year saying, hey, Jalen's on a cheap contract. Let's build around him. Let's get A.J. Brown. Let's stack this defense. Let's have a top 10 defense, maybe a top five pass rush. We have the best offense line in football. We have a quarterback that people love and gravitate towards. Maybe he doesn't have the pure talent of Carson Wentz. The same way Nick Foles didn't have the pure talent as a passer as Carson Wentz. People love Nick Foles and people love Jalen Hurts, both in this city and in this locker room. You look at the 22 Eagles, 10 years removed from 2012. And because of that pick of Nick Foles, because of his play that year in the 2012 season, because of me, freshman in college, watching this team, first time I'm really like drinking and partying, watching during games, you know, going a little wild, a little too wild in college. If you, oh, we talked about my history with mental health and you know, getting dropped in college, going back in, all that stuff. But if it wasn't for that 2012 season, and the crashing and burning of the Andy era and leading to the chip era, which showed Doug Peterson how to maximize Nick Foles, who then led the Eagles to the first Super Bowl in franchise history, led me to having a fiance, leads to Carson Wentz collapsing, leads to the necessity of the Jalen Hurts pick, leads to the Eagles having a surprise playoff run in 2021 to come back 2022, stacked on offense, stacked on defense, ready to make a deep playoff run. If it isn't for the 2012 Eagles, we're not in the place we are today. Ten years ago, I entered college. 
10 years ago, the Eagles entered a season from hell, but they rose like a phoenix just five years later and hoisted that Lombardi trophy. What a difference a decade makes for all of us as people, as sports fans, as Philadelphians. Time is wild. Time can change a lot. That's it for me. Again, Seamus Clancy, deputy sports editor of the great phillyvoice.com. We have also our Eagles beat writer, Jimmy Kemsky, who's the co-host of the prime BGN radio podcast show on here with the great Brandon Lee Gallons. Be able to check out and subscribe the podcast feed, do all that, all that great stuff. Sure to read Jimmy and I's content on phillyvoice.com. Obviously check out Bleeding Green Nation 2, the home that we have right here with the great BGN radio network. Couple of housekeeping things I want to plug at the end. Zoe and I, Odds and Ends, live podcast on September 15th, a Thursday night at Liberty Ground, 1600 West Gerard Avenue in Philadelphia. Indoor mini golf, great bar, tons of local drinks available. It's amazing. Love there. Been there before. They reached out to me. They said, Hey, I saw you were in here. Love to do something with you this year. I said, How about a live pod? And here we are in a couple of weeks having some brews. Talking Eagles, recording a pod, watching the Kansas City LA Thursday night football game on there. Great time. And also, big news I am launching a new SB Nation podcast this upcoming Tuesday with Liberty Ballers. I guess his title would be Managing Editor Paul Hudrick, guy I've known for years. Great dude, great voice in the Philadelphia sports community. Our pod will be titled Thirsty Dogs Drink Faster. Sounds very out for me. So be able to check that out. I think it'll be in the Liberty Ballers podcast feed so obviously i'm hoping you subscribe to the bgn feed i don't know if it'll be in the bgn feed maybe it will but just to be safe and you should be subscribing anyway to the liberty ballers feed to do that prepare for it coming this tuesday we're in court every tuesday going forward tuesday night should be up in your podcast food feeds late tuesday evening so stay tuned for all that and think today whether you're relaxing labor day weekend doing whatever you're doing maybe uh hanging out with your friends family Join a cold one. Think about how much your life has changed in the last 10 years. And think how that reflects on how much the birds have changed. Talk to you soon. Have a podcast coming on Wednesday. A little more plugging with recurring guest, friend of the podcast, Dan Soupy Campbell, uh, front man of the Philadelphia area band, The One Years. So stay tuned for that. Talk to you all soon. Peace. For I am haunted by you. Cheese.